right, let's get into this. Let's get into this. Happy Sunday at midnight. I keep saying Saturday, but technically it's, I guess it's Sunday. This is, what does it all mean? Episode 13. into the Beatles thing, uh, tragically, we had an inspiring artist pass away this week, it was DMX, <coughs> that's a, a really kind of crazy thing, I didn't see that coming, so I want to give a little, little shout out to DMX. How's everybody doing? I love when I have something queued up. So, I remember, I remember buying this album for a friend, not even a roommate when I was like, I was probably like 23 or something. And I was like, whoa, what's this about? What's up, my uh, seventh, eighth grade homeroom buddy? What's going on? Happy Saturday. A really, uh, can I can I explain about him? Sure. Uh, he was an innovative rapper that um, started this little like group called the Rough Riders, which turned into this huge company that just blew up into like a, this corporation. And uh, he just he rapped with everybody, like LL Cool J, Red Man, Method Man, <coughs> just everybody. But uh, he had drug problems. He got, I guess he got tricked into smoking crack when he was younger and uh, and it just got him. The, the crack use really got him. So it's a shame, it's a total shame. Fifty's way too young to die. All right, so. Really sad about DMX. you guys have seen the um, the uh, little shout out that I have for this video it's it's for the uh, for the podcast <clears throat> it's got red man on there talking about you know this podcast and ironically <clears throat> like I said DMX has done a few songs with red man and they've done tours together and red man's probably one of the greatest uh, 
lyricists of all time. So is DMX, so is Method Man. All these people are just, they're legends. So, all right. Let's get into the topic. Let's get into the show. So, anyways, yeah, this is going to be, uh, this is going to be off the Beatles. <clears throat> what do they mean in the multiverse and how do they change the multiverse? What does it all mean? Oh, my cat. Hold on. The cat's coming. Now we can start the show. Mr. Magoo is here. It's official. All right, Magoo. Mr. Magoo. Yeah, he's on the microphone. Okay, sorry guys. All right, so let's get into this. Uh, you know, where did the Beatles come from? Came from Liverpool, 1960. John Lennon met uh, Paul McCartney like when they were teens in 1957. And uh, at that point, the world kind of changed. And when I was a kid, I remember, I think I was like eight years old, the first time I ever heard uh, the Beatles. And I remember my stepbrother actually hooking me up with like all these tapes all these Beatles tapes. And um, <clears throat> at that point, you know, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Because when people give you things, like especially my my stepbrother, uh, he was super cool. But when people give you things, you just, you got to learn on your own. So at that point, I didn't really get into it. I wasn't into the tapes, so I kind of fought them. But then <clears throat> as time grew, you know, as time went on, I started getting into more, you know, radical things like Bob Dylan. And uh, then that led to to the Beatles. And so <clears throat> when I got, I don't know, like 12 or 13, I remember my mom giving me her, her Beatles albums. And then at that point, uh, it changed everything. Like I had these tangible records that I could play. And uh, I could look at this artwork and... It just changed everything. So, um, once I could look at these records and <clears throat> once I could pick up records, this isn't a Beatles record by far. This is this is a uh, this is actually a Rack and Tours album. Okay, <clears throat> it's kind of a, it's a limited edition Rack and Tours album. And uh, it's a third man records printing. And so I knew when I looked at it that there was something different about it. I, I couldn't figure it out. So I looked at the sides and I was like, this is really loose. This is, this is loose. Why is this so loose? And so I started to peel, the, peel back. And I knew that I was ripping the album, okay? I knew that I was ripping. You can hear it now. I just ripped it again. And when I ripped it off, there was a secret album cover underneath. And if you look, 
This is ripped. This is ripped. And it's kind of got a third man, you know, pattern. But the point is, this is the secret Beatles cover with the Tours instead of the Beatles that was uh, not released in America. They wouldn't release this, this baby issue in America, and it was huge controversy. So to find this on a, a third man records, and especially with the secret, it was a total secret, was pretty cool. So obviously Jack White digs the, uh, the Beatles, and, and I think just about everyone else does too. I saw a video of... Uh, one of my favorite bands, Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Uh, the lead singer said that one of his songs, Sympathetic News, was just um, him trying to do like Blackbird, you know. And uh, that's that's how music works, you know. When I write a song, I'm just trying to copy or imitate the stuff that's come before, and that's what music really is—just imitating the stuff that you really like, you know. And sometimes it gets to come out of you as your own reflection of life. So, some other interesting facts about the Beatles. Um, Columbia Records rejected them, uh, and so did tons of other record companies. They rejected the Beatles. And then finally, George Martin, of course, came along and signed them. And uh, they were also known as the Silver Beatles before. And, uh, Eventually, they became the Beatles, and once George Martin came along, then then uh, he hooked them up with Ringo. So, yeah. Yeah. I would love to hear any Beatle experiences. Some people got at me uh, offline and told me about, you know, their experiences and how they got into the Beatles, and you know, I love it. I, I love that this is a, a generational thing that's been passed down to one to the next. It's going to keep going. So, what I find fascinating, too, is that I saw this uh, this chart of music from like the 50s till now and how, how the charts had gone up, you know, like certain artists would, you know, be introduced, like the Beatles would go on and then you'd have like Elvis Presley and you'd have like, you know, um, the killer, you know, and all these different people. And then at that point you would see how they would move. And through time, you'd see, like, you know, the Rolling Stones would come in, and then the 80s would come in, and you'd see, like, Bruce Springsteen, and and then the 90s would come, and Nirvana, and all this different stuff, and and then all of a sudden, like, in the 2000s, the Beatles, and, and all that stuff from the 60s just totally went away. It was gone. And then somehow, like, in the last five years or so, the, the kids have, have found out about the Beatles again. So it's gone back up. They're back in the charge. Like, it's the 60s, which I find really... It's cool. Like I said, they're passing it down from generation to generation. What's up, MJ? I'm just chatting about about the Beatles. More than willing to... Or you're more than... Uh, feel free to join in whenever. So... Then, uh, you know, basically once they started, then it turned into George Martin being a good producer. Uh, someone that's a good producer is uh, MJ as well, the guy that you see right here. I'm going to be honest, I've worked with him before, and he's got that George Martin quality. I really love working with him, and uh, he listens, and, and that's what George Martin did. He, he listens, and then... Uh, gives you his little version of it, you know, and so I think good producers do that, they have an ear, they don't just interject, 
So some of my best work is so far has been done with, with MJ. So that's true stuff, man. I'm not just kissing your ass, it's true stuff. And hopefully we'll do some more soon. So, okay. My favorite beetle. Everybody asks who's your favorite beetle. And this is the funniest thing, you know? Mine, mine changes. Mine definitely changes. Like, like the, uh, like the seasons. And definitely, MJ, definitely. Uh, the seasons change, and I have a, every season for a beetle, you know? Like, for me, winter is like the John Lennon season, because it was around his birthday at that point, and, uh... I think just maybe since he's not here, winter being the end of stages also, you know, and he was a heavy, heavy individual that was just so radical that it shook things up, kind of like winter. So, and then, you know, you have spring. I mean, I felt that, you know, like Paul is very happy, creative. He blooms things. That's, that's, that's Paul. This, these are spring. And, and these are all my favorite Beatles at these correlating times. And this has happened for a, uh, many years, so I've had time to figure this out. And then, of course, summer, you have Ringo. He's got that beat going, that positive vibe where you just want to go to the beach and you just want to have a good time, you know? And that's Ringo. It's just full of peace and happiness and let's just do this. And then you get to fall, which is like George, which is like the spiritual awakening, which is like the person inside. Who the hell are you? That's what George Harrison has taught me. Who are you? Like your own Buddhism, your own Hinduism, your own personal mantra. That's George. And then everything goes right back. Then you're back into winter and it's a full circle. And, you know, ironically, um, I remember I had a blind date one time. Somebody tried to set me up, and I went to this restaurant and Native Foods in Elisa Viejo, and there was this girl. And uh, one of my first questions was, you know, what's your, who's your favorite Beatle? And she's like, oh, I really don't like the Beatles. And as soon as she said that, I knew that we weren't going to work out. And not like you've got to like all the things that I do. That's not what I'm saying. But if you don't have a favorite Beatle and you can't meet me, like, with some kind of philosophy of why you don't, then we're not gonna, like, you don't have that, in my mind, that musician set mind, which is ignorant of me to say, but I knew that we wouldn't work out. And then I remember seeing her at a Dinosaur Junior concert six months later, and she was rocking, having the best time. She was cool, but I knew that we would not flow because she didn't have a favorite beetle. And me, like I said, I've got a favorite beetle for every season, which is ridiculous, but that's what music is, you know? And thank you, Paula. It's the seasons of life, you know? They, they, my friend Peter taught me that. It really is. We all have these seasons of life, you know? And in the spring, you're this young chicken and you're, you're learning how to walk, you know, and you're trying to figure out things, you know, and then spring, you're really starting to grow, and you're new, and you're like a young puppy, and here's life, and you're, you're starting to figure it out, and then summer, you're ready to rage, and you're, you're ready to rebel, and you're ready to really figure out what life is, you know, 
and then you live it to the fullest. And then by the time you get to, you know, fall, you're, you're starting to slow down. You slow, you slow. And then by the time you're winter, you're in your end stages and it's over. That's, that's kind of the mantra of, of life. And it's true, you know, cause now I gauge myself by that, but don't get me wrong. You could die and anyone could die at any given day. So you got to live life to the fullest, you know, shout out to DMX and my friend Cabby. So Now I'm gonna get into some uh, one of the trippy stories that I heard about them, which was you know they were really into spiritual awakenings and and finding out what life was about. That was kind of what John and Paul was all about. What's up? What's up, Three Gray? And uh, there's this one uh, story where the Beatles went and stayed with the Maharishi on his island. And they had this helicopter. And uh, the Maharishi said, well, I'm taking one of you up. I can only take one of you. Who's it gonna be? And uh, John just was like, it's gonna be me. It's gonna be me. It's gonna be me. And like, he was just irate about it. And then Paul and George, everyone like, go for it, man. Go for it. And so then John goes up there He's up there for like 15 minutes or whatever. Then he comes back down and then, you know, he starts walking away and Paul walks up to him and says, Hey, what, what was that all about? What, what was that about? Why did you need to, to get in that helicopter? And John looked at him and said, well, you know, I thought he was going to, you know, show me the meaning of life. And that's extremely heavy when you think about it. He was going to show me the meaning of life. And I don't think anyone, there's not one person on the planet, you know, you can, you can search for these people. You can look for gurus and gods and it's all within. That's the thing. It's within you. It's within me. It's within three Greg and Paula and the magic worm. It's within. And when you listen to that little voice that's talking, that's, that's really it. You know, when you're doing bad shit and all of a sudden you hear that voice saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. That's, that's your, your spiritual consciousness trying to keep you rooted in this life. So, you know, I think the, the Beatles had a very strong, you know, these people, people think that music can't change things, you know, and I, I totally disagree, you know, like Bono says that music, you know, can't, can't change things. And, and I disagree because I feel that once, you know, people were so pissed off at the Beatles at one point, they, they burned their records because they said that they were bigger than Jesus. Okay. Well, if you're not affecting anybody, then why would they burn the records? If music didn't affect things, why are there tribal drums before a war? It's stuff like that you gotta question. You know, before you go into battle, you have these, these drums that are pounding. These pounding drums. 
And, and what, do Trump, what do drums do? They give you power. When I see some of my favorite bands and they are just pounding their drum, I, that beats within my soul and my heart. And at that point, I'm very impressionable. And if they said, hey, you know, let's go storm, I won't say anything, you know, negative, but let's, let's go make things right. Let's go make things right, I would. So at that point, music definitely has power. And I think the Beatles tapped into that power. And at that point, I think so did the multiverse. And at that point, things were endless. Like the possibilities were endless. And then that had to be a stretch with working with, you know, four people and having to have the weight of the world on you. That can be, you know, that can be problematic. And ironically, I didn't get to, I wasn't living during any of this time, you know. I, by the time the Beatles broke up, I don't think I was alive. So I'm not exactly sure what year they broke up. But by the time I discovered the Beatles, like I said, I was eight. So that was in the 80s. So I think that pressure can really, yes, Julia, music is power. I think that pressure can really build. And I think that's really why they broke up. But uh, you see a lot of these people, you know, talking about how, you know, they they were problematic with each other and they didn't they didn't have a good time and, and it was I can't imagine that. They all looked like they were just doing great things, you know, just taking LSD, not on purpose, but just taking LSD and and experiencing life at the fullest and not really knowing what the balance of reality work is in the 60s let's be honest we didn't we didn't know what that stuff was you know and we didn't we didn't everything that the our parents their parents had told us in the 50s the 40s and the 50s were kind of these lies to keep you in line and then all of a sudden you have this lsd and you have these drugs that just shatter that illusion and then you have this music that comes in there and questions these realities as well. And then once you mix the two, then you have these followers. You know, it, it, it's it's the fine line. You start to have like this Beatlemania where you're affecting good and you're talking about love and you're talking about peace and people are getting turned on and they, they want to feel peace and they want to feel love. And then they, people will gravitate towards that because they feel the goodness in it. But then you hear the stories about like George Harrison going to, you know, the hate in San Francisco and uh, right at the, the height of the hippie movement, you have nothing but these drugged out hippies that had lost their direction. And, and George, par I'm paraphrasing, basically said that he, you know, it was a scary situation in San Francisco, which that's where things can go. But I, I think the Beatles always came from a place of, of, of love. And uh, that's the thing I've been trying to discover, you know, what does it all mean? And uh, I think we all try to find out what life is about. That's what this is about. What does it all mean? What, what, what does it all mean? As Redman says, what the fuck does it all mean, Mr. Lewis? And so I think it's love. You know, I definitely think love is just it whether this is a simulation or whether this is real, whether 
I, we all die tomorrow from the comet coming. I think that as long as humans stay true to that love and acceptance, then I think we're going to grow. And I think that's why we're still here. That's why the aliens haven't wiped us out yet, because we have love. And I think the Beatles just tapped into that love. And I think that's why the world is fascinated with John and Yoko. Because, look, they were just these two lovers that were these polar opposites. and made people mad. So mad that they thought that the Beatles broke up because of Yoko. And that is completely not true. If you're a real Beatles fan, you know that Paul's ego at that point <clears throat> drove them apart. He admits it to this day. He says his ego was so big that competing with John all the time was, he didn't want to do it. And so that's why they went solo. And I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, they were going to, uh, they were, okay, they called Lauren Michaels two weeks before John Lennon passed away and I think it was John Lennon just showed up to uh, to Paul McCartney's house and I think they were watching SNL and they said, well, why don't we go play SNL? And uh, they called up Lauren Michaels and said, hey, can we come and play? And Lauren Michaels said, you can come down anytime we will cancel. Like any guest that we have will cancel. You guys can come, you can come right now. And so they were, they were going to work things out. And then two weeks later, you know, John got, got shot. So what's up, Michelle? So I don't want to make it too much, uh, about, you know, the bummer and the death of, of, uh, of, of John and, and George, but I'm just going to throw this out there. The one strange thing about everything in this that's going on is that uh, there's that book, The Catcher in the Rye. And uh, there are many people that had that book, The Catcher in the Rye, that shot famous people. And at that point, I need an explanation. You know, uh, The Catcher in the Rye, you had Sirhan Sirhan shoot uh, Robert Kennedy, and he was holding Catcher in the Rye. and I've watched documentaries where he said someone handed him that book and he just went into a trance and the next thing you know, he was standing over Kennedy's body and he didn't know really what he did. That's strange in itself. Then you had the Hinckley uh, guy who shot Ronald Reagan. He was holding Catcher in the Rye. And then you had, you know, the John Lennon guy who, same thing, was holding Catcher in the Rye. And, and that guy actually wrote a letter to J.D. Salinger explaining that it wasn't his fault that that happened, uh, that he had, he'd murdered, you know, John. And uh, that must have freaked J.D. out. So J.D., he, he left society because this freaked him out so much and he became a recluse. And uh, some guy finally uh, tracked him down when he was like 90 or 95. And uh, I think there's a brief interview with him. But basically he felt bad about the catcher on the rye. And if you know anything about the catcher on the rye, <clears throat> it's about this guy, this kid Holden Caulfield. And he's a 15 a year old kid that just sees the eyes of this 
rebellious world where he needs to get out there and get away from his family and get away from all these things and get away from society. And yes, there's rebellion. I read it when I was that age. <clears throat> Ironically, my teachers gave me that book as my high school graduation. They all signed it. It was a whole thing. But I didn't go out and kill people. So what triggered these people to do that? What in that book? I've read that book several times. What triggered those people? Is it a, is it a government, you know, thing? Because I know that at one point the government really wanted <clears throat> Lenin out. But uh, who knows? Either way, the catcher in the rye is, is strange. And then so J.D. Salinger, to, to combat and all that negative stuff... He wrote these different angles, like he wrote uh, Catch on the Right 2. And at that point, it came from the mom's angle, the dad's angle, the sister's angle, the teacher's angle. All these different people had the angle of life. So it wasn't just the 16-year-old. And when you had these different perspectives, you saw how it all fit in. Instead of just, you know just being that 16 year old mindset, which, you know, people like to stay in, but you got to grow up. And, and I don't mean growing up in, in a negative way. You got to grow up in a positive way. <clears throat> so how about you guys discover the Beatles? I know Julia lives very close to where they uh, where they be where they started. They're gonna crucify me. <clears throat> I heard another cool thing too. Uh, George Harrison. There's a really good documentary, and uh, they said when George Harrison passed away, he was in a room. And uh, he was with all of his friends in the hospital, and uh, he was just really peaceful. And uh, he uh, he said there was like a warm light, and it it just it filled the room. And at that point, uh, I believe that I totally believe that. And he was at peace, and. Uh, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty amazing, you know, when you think about it. So, my spiritual, my spiritual guru making one with the sky. And that's real. And that's how I want to end my life, you know. I want to be with my loved ones in a room. Doesn't necessarily have to be a hospital, but I want to be with my loved ones. And I want them to to feel my warm light leaving like George did, you know? Because that's what we're all filled with, love and light. Love and light, what does it all mean? that um, we're in 2021 the Beatles culture is embedded in life 
and everybody knows what give peace a chance means or all you need is love all these things it's 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 embedded in the culture it brings us together the kids still know about the Beatles Well, <clears throat> if you guys got any questions, I'm trying to think of what band wasn't influenced by the Beatles. You know, you had Oasis and look at Oasis. You know, Paul McCartney said the biggest mistake that they did was say that they were gonna be bigger than the Beatles. You just never say that because I don't think that that will ever happen. I think that the Beatles were something new. I think they were something fresh, original, and uh, just took the world by storm. They were the first boy band, you know? It doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl, but you know what I'm saying. They were the first of that series I think the coolest thing that <clears throat> I've seen from like my generation, like Generation X, is the fusion of the Beatles and like the artists that I like, you know, like uh, Perry Farrell and uh, Danny Harrison, like those two doing projects and and like Susie and the Banshees, uh, sorry, sorry, Susie and like Yoko. I know that those two do things and that's just blows my mind to think that's that's the 60s and the 90s kind of kind of coming together and um to me that's that's creates its own thing you know it creates its its own fusion when you have that flow you know you have like the cure doing uh, a Jimi hendrix song to me is just it's genius it, it's so much fun My favorite Beatles song, oh God, uh, Across the Universe, definitely. I, I would have to say it's Across the Universe. Just the nothing's gonna change my world, that little mantra itself, it means a lot. <clears throat> and since I was a kid, I had a friend that was close to me and, and uh, that was it. Yes, Paul did. Ironically, uh, there's a question here. Did did Paul do a song with Beck? And he did. Uh, I don't have it per se, but uh, I will play a Beck song. He uh, he remixed one of the uh, a new song off the new album, and uh, I heard it's really good. This guy from Golden Plates, we were talking and he told me the, the new remix from Beck is just amazing of that. So, uh, yeah. The Beatles, what does it all mean? Life, what does it all mean? I'll tell you this one really stupid hippie story. So one time I was kind of bummed out kind of just driving through life, the mundane, you know, just going to work, coming back, going to work, 
coming back, whatever. And I remember just being out of it and thinking about how life is so just precious and, and how you have friends that are really close to you and, and how they just are in and out of your life, you know, and the ones that you really love that are close to you will always be there. And then that made me think about, well, that must really suck for Paul McCartney because it really seemed that him and John were like, just like brothers, you know, like they were just tight as shit. And, you know, I lost someone that was really close to me recently and it's just, it's the sinking feeling and you got to get up and just keep going and, but it's always right in front of you. So I remember just being in my car and just, just like the waiting for the light to change and uh, I look up, you know, as I'm just thinking these questions, like, universe, like, what, what does it all mean? Like, like, what the fuck? Like, like, why is John Lennon not here? Why is my friend not here? Why are my friends, why isn't my friend here? And, 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 and right when I'm thinking these random thoughts, all of a sudden there's just right where I'm looking at, the space in the blue sky, I see this one hummingbird just hum like like float and then another hummingbird just like starts to hang out and they start to just play right where I'm standing and for some reason I felt that the energy of that just particular moment was the answer to the question that I was asking you know like what does it all mean it was the love between those two hummingbirds they were entangled and even though you know one of those hummingbirds is going to pass away the love that they have is going to take them to the next side the next dimension wherever the hell that is and and we physically can't describe it because it's beyond us but it's there you know trust in the force it's there you know and that's why when people pass you, you kind of you get those goosebumps when you think of them sometimes because they're within you and that's it when when we pass we're going to join that energy as well and so I, I think staring up at the hummingbirds was just a, like a reminder, you know, the, the multiverse reminding me like, you know, it's not that bad. And, and uh, no matter where you're at, you're going to find love. You're going to find that universal compassion and understanding. And I think we forget that in Earth a lot. You know, I think we forget, especially during the pandemic, everyone was just stay away from me, stay away from me racism increased like everything just got worse and uh love just seemed to uh it was still there but it was just masked and, and now i see you know people getting better and I, i'm already seeing these videos of people in arizona just like having so much fun and i'm not ready to do any of that yet but uh as long as everybody's healthy and things are doing well like Hey, love can push us through. And I truly think that's why the aliens haven't haven't uh, haven't taken us out because the Beatles wrote, "All you need is love." So you guys are awesome. It's getting to the end, guys. It's getting to the end. It's getting to the end. That's all I can do. They are, uh, the Beatles are very influential in my music writing. I try to write music as well. And uh, I think just seeing 
I think the reason that people watch music is because they they see a reflection within themselves. So we love to, to see ourselves up there doing it. And sometimes we can't do that. For some reason, we can't get up there and do it. So when you see someone like, you know, John, Paul, Ringo, and George just doing it so well, it's like that's where the fascination is, you know? When you see people really enjoying themselves, it's just a reflection of you. And at that point, we're all connected, you know? Like, you know when you're at a concert and you just don't want anyone... Like, I look at my favorite bands and I don't want them to screw up. I'm like, I don't want you to screw up that little bit of tension. But when they, they do and they don't take themselves so seriously, it's also fun as well. I've, I've seen a band, uh, a musician, Connor Oberst, just, uh, just, you know, forget lyrics to a song. And he seemed very embarrassed, but he didn't care because he was Connor Oberst. And he just went right into another song instantly. And uh, it was amazing. So, um, it's just not taking yourself too seriously. And I think also the Beatles were good at that as well. Changing up ideas. And I do have Beatles prints, Julia. They're around here somewhere. I have all kinds of Beatles things. I'll show you quickly because it's getting to the end. And I have to wrap up the show pretty quickly. So, I'm going to flip the camera. I got this from my friend, Jason. This is one of my coolest pieces. That's like a mirror. Uh, what else Beatles related? Of course, this over here. What else Then I have over here, I've got an original, uh, John Lennon Plastic Ono Band 45, Woman is the of the World. Uh, then I've got this George Harrison, What is Apple Scrubs? This, these are all original printings, by the way. Pretty cool, 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 cool. But one of my friends actually gave me that, that piece. One of my best friends, I wanted to start a band with him. And, and uh, oh, and then of course, We've got John over here. He is hiding in the corner. And then since we talked about Jack White with that, that rack of tours, that's a Jack White poster. There's always separations of, of, oh, and then somebody actually drew me this because they knew that I liked the Beatles so much. If you can see, there's a give peace chance and it was like a hand-drawn piece. So yeah, guys. What does it all mean? What does it all mean? What does it all mean? Well, I think we're coming to the end of this. Uh, the season's coming to a close as well. I think this is episode 13. There's only three more uh, episodes of this, this actual show. And uh, 
as we end this out, I'm going to give you guys a, uh, just a, 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 another secret. I'm all about secrets, guys. Secrets are the best. And when you hide things in music, when you hide things in art, it's where it's at. So this is a, this is a George Harrison song. Isn't it a pity? Isn't it a pity? I completely agree, Julia. They are brilliant. They are my favorite group, I will not lie. I briefly met Sean Lennon and Les Claypool. And Sean Lennon, he sang to me, come together for like 15 seconds. And I, I almost passed out like I was a 15-year-old girl experiencing Beatlemania for the first time. And I felt like that, you know? And it affects everything. I'm, I, my beard, I'm growing it out like Gandalf. Why? Because I'm trying to, you know, feel that 60s vibe of the Beatles. It's real talk. It really is. My hair, it's, it's, it's all affected. And they did that. Who did that? The Beatles did it. The Beatles did it. What does it all mean? Love. Peace and love. It sounds generic, but it's true. Peace and love. you all for listening I appreciate it you're cool let's see if this works I'm gonna do it the right way it's not gonna work for listening so here's the secret i'm gonna fast forward just a little don't don't hate me okay so at the end of the song you'll hear hey jude right here right there na 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 here it comes ready Thank you guys for listening. Till next Saturday. As I say, at the end of the majority of these shows, 
Fuck Don Bowles once again. Fuck Don Bowles. And you guys take care of yourselves. Have faith and peace and love in the Beatles. What does it all mean? What does it all mean?